live so you can see whatever. Oh, are we? Yeah. Welcome back, everyone. Just got off our phone call with uh, Elon. Uh, negotiating being the first podcast broadcast on Mars, so I decided to dress up. We'll uh, keep you posted on that. I've thought about it. <laughs> what? Mars. Going there? Yeah. I don't know. I like Earth. Earth's not bad. It's okay. All things considered. It's got air, water. Yeah. Air, water. Well, <laughs> I saw a like NASA picture or something get tweeted mm-hmm. that was like uh, of one of the ice caps or whatever on Mars, and uh, Elon <laughs> was the top reply, and it was like, there's actually so much water on Mars. I think he used the phrase ice water, mm. which you could just say ice. I, I, feel, <laughs> I, I feel like there's so much that has to be done to make it habitable. Oh, God, yeah. Well, you couldn't, like, you would have to just go live in a, I'm immediately way too warm in this jacket. <laughs> I know, it's, it's fucking hot in here. It's, I'm not it's even up here. July, baby. I'm so happy. Well, yeah, I mean, you'd be really, least. really fucking hot on Mars and then really, really cold at night. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, you're kind of living in a high-tech tent in the desert, but you can't go outside <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, or well, with, without a spacesuit or whatever. So. Honestly, man, I know what staying home does to me. <laughs> and uh, what do samurai commit? Seppuku? Seppuku. I would probably commit Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, that's an interesting thought because the, uh, yeah, the, the, Quarantine was kind of a good test of your isolation, especially, or, like, even, like, in a bigger city. Like, for me, because I was in a condo, so, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't have a ton of outdoor... We have our patio, that's it, right? So, it was quite confined. Um, And then, conversely, pretend, like, New York, where there were certain people who, like, couldn't leave their apartments. And, like, people wouldn't... Didn't leave their apartments for, like, months. Yeah. Like, did not leave them. We had it good here. We We could go for groceries. We could go out. Yeah, I mean, I guess it wasn't real here, so. <laughs> was it real anywhere? I don't know. I don't know. We should... It was totally real, YouTube overlords. Don't take us down. Am I still in frame if I go over here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're good. All right. You're fine. <laughs> nice glasses. Thank you. What are those? They're for <laughs> night driving, technically, yellow ones, because it helps with depth You look like perception. you're the Big Lebowski. Or that, <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that's where I saw... I, I haven't watched that movie, but I feel like I saw yellow sunglasses somewhere. Yeah. I was like, I kind of like that look. The guy who, in the meme, is cocking his gun. Yeah. He's like, am yeah. I the only one around here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Man, remember, like, old Reddit memes like that? That was... Oh, God. They were like... At some point, those were funny, apparently, in the early 2010s. There were. You know where I first started looking at memes? The Chive. Mm, yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. But literally all the Chives content is just stolen from every everywhere else. But that's all content is nowadays is kind of reposting, right? News outlets also do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I've been thinking about is so have you ever heard of the like kind of it's like generational archetypes or something like that? Generational uh, or like there's archetypes. like four like society kind of goes in a cycle of four generations i know exactly what you're talking about yes yes and each is called a turning yes uh and there's there's a name for it that was it's two dudes names it's like something something i was looking at it earlier don't care anyways if you look up the four turnings or something Just like the that, one is like weak men be straight chillin it, I, I'm paraphrasing. It's, it, it's yes, exactly. So okay. the meme that's like, uh, strong men make good times. We yada yada yada. Yeah, yeah. That one. It actually that is like the gross summary of uh, the four turning. Yes, or, or yeah, whatever it's called. It is the one second. I've thought about that. Which phase do you think we're in? Because I think I know which phase we're in. Uh, ever, oh, the Strauss-Howe generational theory. Holy so, shit. Uh, just look up uh, fourth turning th- theory or whatever. Fourth turning. Yeah. So, basically it says that his... Now, there is some like academic argument to this, but mm-hmm. when you look at the history, it does vaguely follow this, but it, essentially uh, society just goes in four 
four cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they last about 20 to 22 years each, 20 to 25 maybe. Mm-hmm. And they are the high, the awakening, the unraveling, and the crisis. So have you read, like you, sounds like you've had the Cliff Notes version of well, this before. Well, I do know that empires typically last between like 100 and 250 years. Yeah. And for example, the United States is at whatever, 1776. Like 300 and something? No, 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 right. whatever. 2020 minus 1776. So 204, it's like right on the cusp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So will we see it in our lifetimes? Probably. Well, that's the interesting thing. So because it appears reading these, so the high is basically um, is like a, so um, I'll just read it. So it follows a crisis. So during the high, uh, institutions are strong. Individualism is weak. Society is confident about where it wants to go collectively, mm-hmm. though those outside the majoritarian center often feel uh, stifled by the conformity. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's kind of a time of like building establishment. Then you have the awakening. Uh, oh, and then so this example in our our time was uh, post-World War II, uh, United States spe- specifically, but generally the world, right? And it was a time of prosperity and yep. building and stuff. Yep. Then you have the awakening, which is uh, when institutions are attacked in the name of personal uh, personal and spiritual autonomy. Uh, just when society is reaching its high tide of public progress, people suddenly tire of social discipline and want to recapture a sense of self-awareness, spirituality, and personal authenticity. Young activists look back at the previous high as an era of cultural and spiritual poverty. So they say this was like the kind of that counterculture revolution of the 60s. Uh, yeah stuff right this is the hippies hippies exactly yeah then unraveling is uh the opposite of the high institutions are weak and distrusted individual individualism is strong and flourishing uh and then uh unravelings come after awakenings uh when society wants to auto- atomize and enjoy um and they say this was Basically, like the 1980s to the 2000s, more or less. Mm-hmm. Then, crisis is an era of destruction, often involving a war or revolution, in which institutional life is destroyed and rebuilt in response to a perceived threat to the nation's survival. Uh, after the crisis, civic authority revives, cultural expression redirects towards community purpose, and people begin to locate themselves as members of a larger group. So, they basically say, now granted, it, this one has kind of been coming that this is the millennial generation, like 2000 to now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, but it, it's interesting. Starting with maybe September 11th. Yeah. Well, it says this was start with the dot com crash. Okay. So yeah. 2000. Yeah. 2000, uh, 2000, 2001. Yeah. All of that coincide. Very interesting. It is like. One could argue it's confounding variables, but then they have a whole bunch of examples going back to like medieval times, kind of showing it mm-hmm. or whatever. So I don't know, but I would argue that after could... the crisis, there's an awakening and then yeah. a high. Because yeah. how can a high come right after a crisis? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, to me. it there has to be like a there has to be like yeah. almost another yeah. There's kind of step in transition there. period or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I don't refute it. I think no, I I don't disagree at yeah. all. I think, uh, well, and then, so this got me thinking, um, so, I mean, we obviously it, well, first of all, between like COVID and what's happening now and stuff, but like in our lifetime, there was a lot of talk when COVID started, how like we've lived through like three recessions or whatever in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I think the, the, uh, threads are starting to come unraveled a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. And obviously with what's going on in the world right now with like it's it would be very hard to argue that last point <laughs> i just read but what's kind of interesting i think is that there's kind of a distrust of authority and the establishment on both sides but if you so but if you ask a left-leaning person who is the establishment they would say the right 
And if you ask a right-leaning person who is the establishment, they would say the left. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of this common front, but everyone's perspective is kind of different on it. Yeah. I think politics in its, in and of itself is kind of almost a waste of time because it distracts yeah. from like the actual goings-on, which is essentially like there's, there's differences in class. Mm-hmm. And we belong to a class that also is full of people on the right and the left, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's less a spectrum thing mm-hmm. and more so like a vertical thing. Hmm. Gotcha, right. So it's more so like the rich versus the poor type of thing mm-hmm. than it is the right versus the left. Yeah. And I think when people start to realize that, actual change can come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think... Uh... We're kind of on some level of disruption revolution. I think a lot of people want to move away from, and this has been going on for years, like a whatever established government and or system there mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. especially young people, like dislike it, regardless of where you sit on any kind of spectrum or whatever, right? So, yeah. and even, I mean, for myself, I don't fit into a political spectrum is my belief or at least if i like i almost don't fit in like a traditional one right no and i I think there's more people opening up to the idea of how do i put this um the i think uh people are kind of becoming more accepting of having kind of open conversations and understanding that you'll probably disagree on some things, but Mm -hmm. in reality, most people are kind of within one standard deviation. So you might think a little this way or a little that way, but you're not that different and can actually get things done. Well, it's imposing a binary system on a world that is not binary. Exactly. So, and we've had discussions about this where if I'm for argument's sake on the right, Mm -hmm. everything that, that, party does i have to agree with even though it's almost like a team right so it's like my team did this so i have to agree with everything that they're doing Mm -hmm. as opposed to criticizing individual acts and whatever Mm -hmm. instead of instead of actually like doing that you have to be like well i agree with what trump said today Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, or I don't <laughs> exactly, or you don't agree, or or whatever. Yeah. Um. And even on that note, and that was something I've been thinking about. I think a lot of people now, who the hell knows what this would be like? But I, you know, I've heard this talked about on like Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. where they want to do like, or not. I shouldn't say that. His idea is something like, like you shouldn't have to just be in like one party's box. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you should almost vote on individual issues that are important to you. I've thought about that, yeah. And then, so there's almost no political party. It's... Well, it's being fully accountable to the people the that... Indivi- the society, yeah, I exactly. guess, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, so what am I supposed to do if I didn't vote for you in the next four years, you lead the country in a certain direction, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like... Right, you just have to be like, oh... Yeah. We'll get them next time. Yeah. Right. So. But the whole, I think it's a fallacy and, and, and I think this is why government is flawed because mm-hmm. I don't think anybody, there are a select few people who really fall on the spectrum mm-hmm. and will fall to the radical left or the right. Yeah. Those people are the ones that get all the attention. Well, the, the any most, the most extreme of anything is yeah. the most outspoken almost by definition. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've, unapologetically am pretty much small government Mm -hmm. like don't tread on me style libertarian viewpoint Mm -hmm. um well even being that way you almost are in the modern uh right left dia dichotomy dichotomy thank you yeah i couldn't think of that word the other day (laughs) uh your right-leaning economically and left-leaning socially yeah socially so so it's like on a modern right left you're almost right down the center but if people ask you your views on something they'd be like oh you're a crazy anarcho-capitalist or if they ask you your views on other things they'd be like oh you're a crazy uh 
whatever the furthest left you could be. I, I don't know. I love how we, we've said we would never talk about politics, but... We're almost talking about it in the most glazed over way. But and... here's the thing. <laughs> if you really want to go down the rabbit hole with this, go and look at, you know those like political balls, the cartoons where it has like, it's a ball and it has like a flag on it, except it's a viewpoint, like a political oh, viewpoint. Oh, yes. It's like, like it's an emoji, kind of? Kind of, but it's like a ball and it's like they do comics with the balls go and hmm. look into like the political balls or whatever i'm gonna look it up right here hmm. but there's like 60 different viewpoints and obviously they're not covered when you look into interesting yeah i'm gonna I'd look... have to i'd have to see that because i don't think i've seen that yeah i just remember seeing like a like you know how there's like an xy scale but it cross sections in the middle and then it's like you know libertarian right authoritarian right yeah libertarian or socialist left authoritarian left or something like that ideology balls yeah and they're like this thing you ever seen that you've seen that oh, for sure that. yeah yeah yeah. Okay. and there's like a million of what them are the, what do they say there? there's like radical centricism there's like anti-radicalism <laughs> there's dead centrism there's liberalism there's modernism there's there's neoliberalism there's radical apolitical (laughs) right so it's kind of like so it's like i'm radically apolitical (laughs) it's like fuck you for having any political right right okay i i have seen those yeah it's actually hilarious and i've gone through them yeah and uh i know which one i lay on because Mm -hmm. but i mean there's no there's no party for that yeah yeah that's funny yeah it's it's hilarious yeah that is good the one i was saying though where it's like a cross section of that and it's like it's just spongebob clips for each of them it's fucking funny i haven't seen that i would yeah. actually love to see that yeah i'll uh, i'll i think i have it saved on my instagram I'll you know what we got to get back to elective monarchism oh really so like seriously so but know, has that even like existed before maybe maybe in like i don't know ancient like I would like almost tri- like you know like ancient Viking tribes where the strongest guy ruled and you would challenge him to a fight if you wanted to rule yeah. and then everyone was like oh he's the strongest we'll listen well, to him. I would in modern times I would almost argue like dictatorships are kind of like you know like how for example how Hitler got in in Germany. Oh, like, like how they get, there was an they election. get elected in the first time yeah. and then they're like, don't worry see- guys, I'll give back the power. Yeah, and he essentially almost <laughs> yeah. became a monarch. Right. If right, we're right. like getting down to simplistic like, terms. Simplistic objective yeah. terms. Yeah. Not a monarch, but a monarch nonetheless. Right. Mercantilism ball. That's a good one. Hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I think we need to abolish fiat currency and get back to trade. That is a very good idea. Yeah. Buy Bitcoin. I set up Bitcoin price alerts on my nice. uh, today, so it's a very hot topic right now. What do you think the? Because uh, obviously there's like sixteen hundred different coins right now, right? Mm-hmm. Which of them do you think is actually going to be successful? Well, sadly, Dogecoin you can't buy or trade anymore because the value tanked and they stopped uh, running servers for it. Okay. So you could that be one's the last out the window. Node. <laughs> you could yeah, be the last holdout No, the one last. It's like the one last blockbuster that's yeah. still open in some small town. Take all the transaction fees. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is literally the opposite of what you want in a blockchain. Well, and then so to that, what number did you just say for how many there? I think there's like sixteen hundred. I'm sure there's more, but right. So, but how many are be built on Ethereum? So a lot, th- which is kind of an inherent problem of like, this is just nothing right Mm -hmm. so i don't know the ones that will last will be like bitcoin will be store of value Mm -hmm. ethereum is more like for its practicality like it'll be used as more day-to-day transaction uh, and almost maybe not even like so much transactional um maybe it would just because if it was like a very widely used blockchain yeah then the currency in theory should circulate equally as much to meet it contract stuff is very interesting like the smart contracts i think that's the that's the biggest thing that will impact our most directly and in our lifetime to the largest degree, I believe, yeah. is like blockchain contracts yeah. and stuff. Um, excuse me. The issue with Bitcoin will never be an effective, it's almost like a design flaw, but it will never be like a super effective transactional thing unless, I don't know, like... I mean, it's not really practical for me to carry around a brick of gold and chip off a little bit and give it to you to give me something. Yeah, right? but I, so. I think that the like intangible aspect of it mm-hmm. maybe gives it yeah. that. 
I think that the issue, well, not even the issue, because it does process faster than a credit card payment would, you know? Oh, yeah, I guess it does. Because so it's, it's like, slow in the Bitcoin or in the crypto world. but Yeah, but I mean, yeah. like, I transferred myself X Bitcoin and got it in 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, like, and yeah, that's not that bad. And Ethereum is like five minutes or yeah. something less. Yeah. I think that those two for sure, I think Ethereum has like its staying mm-hmm. power just because everything yeah. seems to be built on that right mm-hmm. now. And because of the open source, like everything's open source, but yeah. they are very encouraging of that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Tether's interesting because it seems to be like a store. Well, that's. I don't remember which one Tether is. Tether's like literally tethered to the US dollar. So if a US oh, dollar. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is. But hilarious. in our world of no fiat currency, yeah. that one doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Ripple, I don't think, is a good one because it's centralized. Yeah. Because doesn't someone own it? Yeah. I don't know who. I have to oh, okay. do more research right, yeah. on that. Something like that. Um, I was reading about... Litecoin's interesting because it's the fast one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a well-established one. Uh, Stellar Lumens is one I was reading about recently. Mm-hmm. Um, which... <clears throat> uh, oh, so they're about... They are tied to fiat currency, but they're about cross-border dra- transactions between currencies. Mm-hmm. So... I think making it easier, like not having to do exchanges and stuff or something. I, I, I don't know, but I was reading about it. It sounded kind of interesting at the time. Yeah. And the last one I think is Monero. Cause I, I don't know which one that is. That's like the totally anonymous one. Like they, it's, was that the one? I thought there was another one that was like, yeah, had an X in it's it somewhere. Privacy coin essentially. Okay. That's yeah. very interesting. Cause I think that's that, like, that's where you get the sketchy shit going down. But I think it's always going to be adopted because the the sketchy shit. You'll have the you'll have the purists. Yeah. But well, that's the thing too. Is it's like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of good examples. There's just lots of stuff that like, the drug trade dictates the reason this is this way or this is this way just Mm -hmm. because so much money goes through it or whatever. So yeah, yeah. I think and you know that's kind of the underside of. the less nice underbelly of cryptocurrencies but it's like okay they were using cash before right like we all talk about how evil that is so. yeah i think the volatility is is it's coming down substantially mm-hmm. so oh it's definitely here to stay yeah like, as a whole as like it's it's definitely an asset class at the very least i think most people are concerned about accepting payment in it because tomorrow you're gonna say let's say you sell me a right, coffee for five bucks is, yeah tomorrow it's worth three dollars yeah so, so you've lost like but isn't that what fucking canadian dollars are too compared it, to the u.s dollar in theory but uh i guess it would be mass adoption that mitigates the risk of that mm-hmm. because then you have the case of the t- 80 million dollar pizza or whatever right yeah so <clears throat> well, that was which is a mass adoption so. yeah so so it's right on the fringe right yeah but, yeah i don't know the global anti-globalism ball that's a good one too <laughs> so globally anti-global so you're globally united against globalism capitalist communism ball how's that even a fucking thing <laughs> transhumanism yeah. ball that's a good one sign me up I don't know how I feel about transhumanism. There was a point there where I was like, yeah, fucking put my brain in Plug me in. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's something where in the Puritan idea of it, it sounds good. But the problem is, well, it's almost a conflicting viewpoint. Because I was even going to say, going back to the like voting on each individual issue. Yeah. The only way to effectively administer that would be like biometric tracking implant chip something so you have a new unique thing like in yeah. theory you can do photo id and stuff but then when yeah. it's all paper that's hard to administer right so you just show up and it's like beep yes this is josh blaze confirmed how do you vote on this thing right but then the conspiracy not even totally conspiracy but you know the reasonable skeptic says okay but now the government knows where i am at all times has all my data sort of thing right like it's kind of like that id 2020 thing or whatever where it's like in theory it sounds like an okay idea but then i'm skeptical because some corporation administers it 
and holds all the data. Like I don't. Yeah. Like it's it's an uncomfortable conglomeration of data. Right? Anytime there's a huge data store, like that's where the that's where you get targeting, right? So it's, <clears throat> it's yeah. like if you want my puck and personal information, well, go hack that thing, and you have mm-hmm. the gold mine of all gold mines. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. Isn't that kind of what started? Well edward snowden's thing because he was like the only person in a department that had like this mass pooling of data and he's like what's in this and then the rest is history i don't know if that's how it went but it he was i do know he was in a department like by himself like in a remote location or something like that well he was like a contractor for dell and he like he actually like never like he worked for the government but he like didn't work for the government it's kind of it's very interesting yeah i don't know I would recommend his uh, his latest book that came out. I uh, I don't know, man. I I personally think that uh, again, this is me, libertarian Josh coming out mm-hmm. and being like, "Fuck off," essentially. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, why do you need all the information on mm-hmm. each individual person? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I mean, we've seen how dystopian it gets in uh, China, so pronounce it wrong so the algorithms can't catch it (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah see and then that's the thing where it's like the like the credit score things and stuff like it's i would yeah that it's surreal like it almost like it it's like watching a movie when you see some of it like their social even their social distance tracking and stuff and it's crazy yeah i don't know the world's not going the right direction it's definitely if you read fucking Brave New World, or which one's that? That's Aldous Huxley. Would recommend it's, it's oh, another okay. one of the 1984. <clears throat> I mean, is it a uh, is it a fictional book? Yeah. Uh, what's it called again? Brave New World. Oh, okay, never yeah. mind. It's <laughs> these I'm authors of, like, do dose, something, man. Dosex Machina, or okay. whatever. Well, I mean, that's I mean, they're all on the fucking same mm-hmm. wavelength. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Personally, I. Uh, that fucking log cabin's looking pretty good. That's kind of the thing. Yeah. Or like, well, so even as I'm saying this, do we get towards your idea of like, everyone kind of has their own website, like the early internet days. Yeah. And you selectively share what you want to share. Yeah. Which, so you kind of have a like collectivist individuals to go with. Like, it's almost like a, like a oxymoron. Mm-hmm. system in what it describes you know yeah if you want to like look into that the project is called solid Have you oh, looked okay. into it? no. it's, it's written by like one of the guys who essentially created the http po- protocol right which is oh Tim yes, yes, yes okay you have talked about you've talked about that i just haven't read yeah. the book or read about the program i think that uh, we do need to get back to a little bit more of that like collectivism in small numbers and <laughs> and yeah not collectivism in large numbers if mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah that's such a weird thing to think about but it makes makes sense hang on one sec sorry oh good what is it solid internet yeah i think the project's just called solid here we go but when you really get down to human psychology like Humans have always been in groups of what? No more than 250, 300 Something people? Something like that. If not like 20 to 100. Yeah. Right? Um, that's almost the thing is like society is like too big. Right? Yeah. You're not meant to be in a city of 8 million people, 4 million people. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I think at least like if you went to track down like depression rates and stuff, it skyrockets when you go into huge metropolitan areas. I would say hmm. as a per capita, I think it's, it's massive. That'd be interesting to know. Yeah. I, I mean, and just going to social media, like it's, it's never in human history been that you have a thousand friends. Yes, you absolutely. Know? Like, yeah. Or 25,000 or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like it's just, we're not, the thing we always have to remember is we have 4 billion years of evolution and 50 years of liberalized society and mm-hmm. like 10 to 15 years of effective social media. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, we're really not meant for this. We're like, it's, it's, 
I don't know. It's this so is, strange. These are thoughts I've had yeah. for sure. Because, I mean, we know what works over the past 100 years, and it mm-hmm. doesn't even really work that well. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, too. So this is something I actually was... Maybe we talked about this perhaps on here. Um, similar to this four generations thing mm-hmm. of, like... Because we always kind of look back at, like, great-grandfather, grandfather, fathers, kind of their world that existed where it was, like... Uh, like you grow up, you get a job, uh, or sorry, you maybe get some education afterwards, you get a job working nine to five, you retire at this age, yep. yada, yada, yada. And yeah, that's yeah. kind of like the normal life path. Yep. But w- like, what if the world that facilitated that life path is gone, right? Or no longer exists. And people and, don't want to even well, think Well, that's the that. thing, right? Like, I think we're... And maybe this is a catalyst to that of, like, I really believe we're, like, like let, to pick on, like, work for a second, like, working nine to fives and stuff. Yeah. I think we're beyond that, and we're getting towards what, like, even, like, Navelle Ravikant describes, where it's, like, kind of this, almost, everyone's kind of almost like an independent contractor yep. collaborating yep. on everything. Well, you're almost like a node, and you get put yes. into a project and taken out mm-hmm. because you almost. have a- collectivist individualism Whoa. in a way. Yeah, no kidding. But that's exactly what it is. Because like you have this skill set and I mm-hmm. will form a team around that skill set. We'll create this product or project or service or whatever. Move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. I think that that's... Uh, Precisely. Yeah. <clears throat> and to be honest with you, I don't know why people would want to fight that because I, I do know why people would want to fight that. The useless people that have no skill set. But the people that actually have skill sets and mm-hmm. have, mm-hmm. you know, and like can learn on the fly, yeah. which I believe everybody can. Yeah. I even think it's like getting outside of that realm of like, I need to work eight hours a day, 40 hours a week or whatever. Yeah. Because the average white collar worker only works two to three hours a day. Right. So like, what is productivity and effective work? Right? I'll make a so, very fucking bold prediction. Uh-huh. By the time that we die, there will be no hourly wage. Hmm. Because why would I pay a fucking hourly wage for a product that could could be completed in four hours when I know the person's just going to fuck the dog for eight and get paid for eight? Yeah, exactly. Right? To me, it makes no fucking sense to do an hourly wage. Mm -hmm. I think that the whole commission-based... Even like, uh, I would say performance-based... Yeah. is the better word yeah which could be great or well administered with a blockchain contract <laughs> system right so i don't know i think we are hitting on all the points of like the. it's the funny how much this actually that. is all connecting better s- connecting together so much better than i thought it would yeah when i started this conversation yeah. <laughs> so. and we swear we're not high right now yeah that's gonna be the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah i like it um no, absolutely. I mean, and then that's almost that thing of like the next generation creates like a new common order collectivism system mm-hmm. that's actually very, very structured, but you're individuals within that system. Right. I don't know. Intriguing. No. Did long and hard predict the future? <laughs> Come back for episode 2000. 2,500. We'll, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's to me, I, I feel like. Obviously, everybody sees flaws in society. Society Uh is, like, the best thing that we have. Like, it's almost like, how do I phrase this? It's the best that we have so far. (laughs) You know? Yes, well said. But it's, like, the best that we've had so far can still get better in Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. clearly a bunch of different ways. It's just, I don't know. You got to be one of the guys that spurs in that direction Mm -hmm. and i do think a lot of people do think like us like i don't think that this is some out there yeah viewpoint i think that a lot of people do feel kind of disenfranchised with the classic Mm -hmm. maybe not in the exact same way or have thought about it as much but Mm -hmm. at least are kind of like oh yeah like i'm kind of this seems to make no sense yeah and even to, to expand on that actually and kind of contradict myself there is kind of like a growing millennial resentment discontent feeling not part of the system right yeah you see it in memes 
Yeah. And I think that that's like anybody with half a brain thinks that way. Like, I mm-hmm. think that it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, yeah, there's a lot of problems that need solving and the current systems are not the best way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but I think that like, how do you kind of shift a system is you have to essentially start at the very base start level. from scratch. And we almost, cause it's been said before that like in now this was talking about America, which is maybe a better example, but Canada is to any Western country, but we almost have this, the worst of both worlds in a lot of countries in terms of we are, we have all the worst parts of capitalism and all the worst parts of socialism kind of weirdly mingled together and mm-hmm. it's not really working that well. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but when I get, but when I talk about like the base level, I'm mm-hmm. talking about like the individual too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that like it, it has to be a shift in each individual's mind that, Hey, this can be done better. And then kind mm-hmm. of go out from there Yeah, where you go on from there. I th- I think that thing that Naval Ravikant says where it's like, I'm like a communist when I'm in my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm like a socialist when I'm in my friend group. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to a country, I'm a capitalist because yeah. the level of trust yeah. in such a large group of people mm-hmm. is, isn't really there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. I mean, well, that's exactly it. And that kind of goes back to the, like the left, right dichotomy. It just, it, it doesn't really make sense because again, yeah, you're like a, most people are, yeah. Communists at home or whatever, socialists at home. Yeah. Your civic, in your civic, uh, yeah, your mindset, neighborhood, or, your yeah. neighborhood, you're a more socialist. Yeah. And it shifts to conservatism as you get bigger government all the way to like far libertarian when yeah. you look at the biggest forms of government, right? Yeah. So. No, very true. Who knows? Yeah. I think what, as as long as it's left versus right, you're going to get nowhere because it's essentially spinning yeah. your wheels. And it's like, <coughs> That's exactly and it's it. a pendulum and a pendulum goes nowhere, you know? And eventually yeah. a pendulum runs out of steam too because there's yeah. friction. Exactly, right. Ooh, that was oh. deep. That was fucking deep. <laughs> Ooh. That good, was fucking good, deep. Uh, good analogy. You said you were going to read something on the air? Oh, this is very much a kind of dumb turn okay that's okay <laughs> if we, we want to dumb down this conversation we can dumb it down for like three minutes but i here. got a text <laughs> so just before starting i got a te- text hi kyla this is rochelle and jess how are you just wondering if we can get your opinion we are thinking of maybe extending our property at the back where it backs onto crown land <laughs> we're just wondering if it's worth it jess can call you and explain further or if you're out and about you can stop by for coffee or wine i'm working from home so we're both home. Thank you. Then immediately after, sorry, wrong number. So <laughs> someone whose number is like one off of mine <laughs> must uh, have a property. I would text them back and be like, is that invite for wine still out? <laughs> or something stupid like That'd that. That would be funny. Yeah. yeah. Do it and see I was thinking. Happens. I was thinking, I'm trying to think of something. That was good. With a, with a laughing face. Because people can't know tonality in text messages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was funny do you remember back in the day texts would either texts would get like intermingled intertwined in terms of like i would text someone and it would or or someone would be texting me then all of a sudden your text would come from a random number so it was clearly our conversation but a random phone number or vice versa your number would be uh sending messages or something like that I don't remember that. I just do remember, like, if you had your phone next to a radio, there was, like, crackling when it came through. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. Really? You don't remember that? No, I don't. Huh. Yeah, it would be, like, so I would be texting you, and then, like, a totally random, like, I'd be like, hey, do you want to do this, this, and this? And then it would, like, come from a random number in the, but be your response Hmm. to my message. Admittedly, I did get on the texting train pretty late. Yeah. Because, like, I don't think I started texting until about grade 10. No, this happened to me in, like, high school and stuff. Because really? I didn't start texting until then as well. Hmm. But, and then you would get ones where it would be, like, someone would text your number and be like, why are you texting my girl, man? And it's like, I mean, aside from all the girls I was texting, I would be like, 
wait, what? And they're like, you're texting my chick. And it, the text made no fucking sense. Because it would be like, all right, John's going to meet us at the gym at 530. And me and Josh are going to blah, 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 blah. So it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, it must be one of those things where it like sent the wrong number That's or whatever. That's a security flaw. And a big one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm surprised that never happened to you. I'm trying. Yeah, I don't I really. wonder if anyone else, if anyone else remembers that. Uh, I was also a BBM guy, too, for the longest mm. time. That actually could be a factor. I didn't. I don't think I sent a text from grade eleven <coughs> to like first year university. I, it was all BBMs. But well, you texted me, and I never had BlackBerry. <laughs> or did, did I though? <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I see your point. I th- I've thought about going back to the flip phone too. You know, I've been thinking about oh God. Like, I I've been thinking about that a lot lately because mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna like chill for so from social media. Mm-hmm. For a while, mm-hmm. for like today or just once a week or whatever, and then yeah. that day I didn't look at it for a few hours. I'm like, I'm kind of bored. I want to look at fucking casino. <laughs> right. It's a casino, it, man. It literally is. And yeah. I think of like, I even know, yeah, like it's such a like it's such a dopamine overload. And then when you're like, if you're trying to limit it from one factor, mm-hmm. you find yourself kind of having the, like I kind of realized I was having like, I don't want to say like withdrawals, <laughs> kind of almost like weird cravings or whatever sort of thing Mm -hmm. right so like like basically your body just kind of wants that dopamine in other ways right yeah so i've i don't know i've like kept fucking banging this thing i um i I mean i've thought about like just kind of leaving it at a home when i go out and then taking like a flip phone when i go out if there's any emergencies people are going to call me that's a good idea you know like and I get it for business that mm-hmm. uh, I need to have that phone, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, if I'm gone for like two hours, is it really going to fucking matter? You know? Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing is like, yeah, I, w- I would love to, but I, I wouldn't want to leave it at home mm-hmm. just because it's good to have on you because even though nothing goes wrong 99% of the time or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, that's why you have your flip phone for your, like, five numbers that yeah, you have exactly. to call, your, your lawyer, your... You have <laughs> lawyer, other lawyer, yeah. <laughs> accountant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, you, like, have... Remember those, like, uh, like real kitty flip phones where it was, like, there were only five buttons and it was, like, mom, yeah. dad, yeah. Ho- like, five big buttons yeah. and you can only do... We need to go back to that. Yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I'm always very... Because people are very quick to be, like anti this and that and obviously mm. it does do detrimental things but um like it is there is a lot of good that comes from it all things considered right so. i think if you can use it as a tool but i think that's that the exactly number it, of people right? that can use it as a tool is limited is shrinking day by day well i almost feel like it's it's engineered it is not to be effectively used as a tool so mm. you you most people will just fall trapped to it like to no fault of their own yeah. it's just meant to be that way we're all right? just bugs man and if you can fucking flip our switches like it's all that matters yeah so it's like mm-hmm. if, I, if i got Mo- moist robot theory yeah if i got Have you that ever fucking... heard that from scott adams uh no that is pretty much what it exactly is though for sure yeah like we're we're kind of these robots with a fleshy outer covering where if we receive the correct inputs we will perform a certain action yeah myself included you included right yeah. Like, oh, yeah. so i do think certain people can be manipulated easily perhaps like, yeah. easier yeah but um oh absolutely i mean it's well it's like anything it's being aware of it like i am extremely aware of marketing to a point i'll be like swiping my card at a terminal and being like Oh shit! I'm buying this because I saw that ad earlier today. Goddamn <laughs> beep! <laughs> right? Shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Come out of the like blackout of like uh. <laughs> but uh, even so, no. Like I kind of clue in when it's happening or whatever, right? But um, I think the number one way to if you're not, just not aware of it. Yeah, I think the number one way to like avoid it completely is don't watch the news. Because mm. like that is a hundred percent emotional manipulation and what i've thought about this too it's like every fucking news organization in the states is a for-profit corporation yeah isn't that a weird idea and you're getting your fucking information from them Mm -hmm. it's almost like science is fucking run 
but interest groups of like Monsanto sponsoring this fucking what's Monsanto? Monsanto was like the biggest pesticide company oh, okay. and yeah, seed yeah, company yeah. in the world. Um sponsoring like a study into on pesticides. Well not <laughs> even right. that, but like into nutrition. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh well nutrition is we gotta eat our sugar and avoid those fats a la nineteen seventy through nineteen ninety seven right. to two thousand. Oh yeah, or even like how, you know, um the four food groups yeah. and breakfasts uh, all the breakfast breakfast uh, the most ads. important meal yeah. of the day when eat it's more not, chicken yeah eggs yeah right where it's like a i don't know it's a weird system we have but it's like okay well there's fucking interest groups on every different on side every of it. side so what's every the company? fucking truth because it's like fucking big meat wants me to eat more meat big fucking big grass <laughs> wants me to eat more grass <laughs> big grass yeah <laughs> no Smoke that's more grass i was about to say big grass that's a canadian industry <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um Big, big soy, yeah, Ooh, big we're soy. gonna get banned. Yeah, fuck yeah, exactly. But that's seriously, it's like, what's the fucking truth? Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast today about scientific theory, and it was like, it's almost flawed unto itself because of all of these like human so? emotions, like well, mm. and also interest. Oh too. right, actually, actually, this is another Scott Adams thing of like, we make the mistake of assuming we're logical when logic is actually impossible for humans because there's some level of emotional input on every decision even the most like out there like robotic like let's say a very quantitative knowledge low social intelligence person yeah Yeah. still some emotional input on their decisions right yeah yeah it's i don't know it was it's very interesting to consider because it was like and it's it's almost like it's the new religion of the day too it's like well science is telling us everything yeah yeah okay well well science you're can... a blasphemer for speaking yeah. against it or whatever like science can launch rockets don't get me fucking wrong mm-hmm. but can science solve <clears throat> I, I don't know and and science is continually changing too because i mean well that's the thing yeah so it's like well if i fucking believe this in 1970 and it's untrue by 2000 mm-hmm. did i do the right thing right <laughs> yeah exactly you know what um, the solution is though what's that anecdotes and personal experience right yeah okay yeah yeah. which is what we share every wednesday morning (laughs) so (laughs) yeah um shit you said something really good there that i was gonna expand on but now i kind of forgot i think but it goes back to like you have to try things you know Mm -hmm. like you can't just read theory oh i see what you're saying and then just say oh well okay <laughs> yes you know yeah, it's exactly. like what good does this do for my fucking life well, if i read it and then not take action on it well too? even in like any uh well speaking of groups and group relations and stuff in mm-hmm. any group there will be a consensus and being a dissenter will be met with resistance right mm-hmm. so in academia going against the status quo will um like you're you're putting your neck out there and, and yeah. the group won't like that and will shun you and shame you and until you either come back into the group's way of thinking or f- fuck off pretty much right so of course uh a good example that's uh not is quite old timey is uh or well not old timey but um so the sacred mushroom and the cross i think we've talked about that book you and i maybe uh joe rogan has a heart on for it so basically it's a book that uh, was this one gentleman's research. He's actually a linguist, um, but it was him researching um, <clears throat> uh, ancient, so basically researching the influence on Christianity mm-hmm. that came from ancient, uh, like, sex cults of, you know, the uh, the, uh, the the Near East kind of thing. So basically kind of the earlier tribes that lived in the uh, uh, the Crescent, what's it called? Is it fertility crescent or something like that? No idea. What something like that. But like, <laughs> so when where society first developed was in, uh, like more advanced society was uh, was in this. It's the something crescent, but it was the the near east of like like Jerusalem and stuff, okay. right? So yeah, um, where it's where uh, Africa and Asia meet, and there's very uh, like fertile land there. I'm just looking up it's keywords the some, it's here. The something crescent. Duck, duck, go, don't fail me. 
Don't fail me. Oh, I have no idea. The Dome of the Rock? No. So, anyways. Oh, so, you failed me. Anyways. Uh, Bronze Age, researching Bronze Age, or before the Bronze Age tribes mm-hmm. uh, of the Near East and their societies. But, um, and how his theory was that these ancient sex cults who took uh, mushrooms and shit um, <laughs> and psychedelics and shit. actually eventually created early Christianity and um, how a lot of Christian themes and stuff are actually like uh, A, influenced by this or B, even were more outright um, th- because they were a persecuted group or whatever, they were hiding their traditions and using metaphors mm. and stuff. And at the time, he wrote this in the 60s or 70s, so the world was, the West was still quite religious. Yeah. He, like, ruined his career and stuff. But now yeah. there's actually, like, a lot of uh, more academic support supporting this theory. That's funny as yeah. fuck. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like, if uh, if you ever look it up, look up Santa Claus Was a Mushroom on YouTube. Okay. And it's, it's, a, it's really interesting history, and it's actually true. But it was... <laughs> um, so... I'm kind of butchering this, but uh, so underneath pine trees, uh, certain types of mushrooms grow mm-hmm. that have some psychedelic effects, and they're little red and white mushrooms, and they look kind of like little boxes under a tree, presents under a Christmas tree. Okay. Reindeer in the north eat these mushrooms and start fucking tripping balls, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the story of flying reindeer come from. Okay. And the story of Santa somehow ties in there. I don't, I'm butchering the exact that's history, but it's all related. And then, yeah, so it goes back to, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's a really interesting book. And he actually is analyzing the, cause being, him being a linguist, analyzing ancient religions yeah. because there were less words back then. So, uh, meaning has been kind of lost over time or whatever, or, uh, like a, a word that says this, if you analyze other subwords of the time, mm-hmm. it was actually saying this sort of thing and so on and so forth. I haven't read the whole thing I got. It, it's an academic dissertation, so it's kind of rambly and boring, but it's really interesting. Linguists are like definitely on the forefront of a lot of things. Because I mean, like, I don't know why it is, but it's like, you know what, like society is like trying to make words mean not what the word means i won't say any of them examples but we know but what yes. we're talking about yeah but a linguist will be like a word means what a word fucking means that's why it's a word right you know it's like thomas is not a Stephen. photocopier <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah it's so. like like thomas is not Stephen. thomas is thomas you know right, and like right. a photocopier mm-hmm. is a photocopier yeah. a photocopier is not a globe yeah you know so it's like how do you have a conversation with somebody that thinks that there's a million different meanings to a word because that conversation will essentially mean nothing. Hmm. That's your big brain thought for the day. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I think cause, cause don't linguists also like linguists is more like kind of accents and sounds and stuff. And it is, but I think it's also like the origin of a lot of like, well actually, which is what I just fucking described. So yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah. So, it's, which is fascinating when yeah. you really think about it. It's like I make this sound with my mouth, and it means something. Oh yeah, and we have agreed upon it meaning something. Yeah, like and, and uh, most ling uh, most language, especially English, is uh, l- like non-descriptive. There's a there's a more specific word for it, but basically, like the word does not make the sound of the thing, mm-hmm. right? Like it 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 the word itself does not describe the thing. It's kind of an arbitrary word, right? Like crazy tree, right? Yeah. In theory, if language was like a, like a cow would be called a moo or something like yeah. that. And for example, I do like how English doesn't have the whole masculine feminine stuff because mm-hmm. how the fuck do you determine if a tree is masculine or feminine? And then also determine that everything else is masculine or feminine. Like this, microphone, really, this yeah. microphone is either yeah. masculine or something. I don't microphone know. or lay microphone. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it is kind of funny how European languages have that, but then English does not. Yeah. But then, because they say English is the hardest language in the world because there's so many irregular rules. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's kind of a funny, maybe it was ancient people were like, this, doing this, conjugating all the verbs and stuff is dumb. Let's do it this way. But then that creates all the weird rules. 
I'm gonna. I know what I'm going down the rabbit hole now is linguistics because it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's insane to me. Hmm. <laughs> she, you ever think about fluid dynamics? Uh, <laughs> no. I was really fucking stoned one night, and I was looking at a fire, and I said, oh, okay. and I said, I turned to my buddy, and I was like, "You ever think about fluid dynamics?" Because that's what a fire is—a fluid, right? So it's like, oh, is that what a fire is? Okay, oh, actually, yeah. I was about well, to say because fluid, right? Because that's a question of what is fire, right? Yeah. So yeah, and it's like, and I was saying to him, I was like, "A computer can model that. How? What? Why is that so trippy? That's fucking insane. It's like we as humans." Have figured out a way to model water, like CGI it. Is that what you're saying? Sure, you know, or calculate where things are going. It's like what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. Right. Okay. Pretty bonkers. I think I see where we're going. That sounds more like a high thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, you're you're absolutely right. Or even how, like, you know, some of the early scientists could fucking calculate the orbit of the Earth by, like, looking up and kind of going like this. Yeah. And then doing some math with the And they weren't far quail. off. Yeah. <laughs> and they were surprisingly what? accurate. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. I took fucking astronomy. I was going to say astrology. <laughs> I took astro- I took I, astrology. I took astronomy in university. I learned a lot about the signs, you know. <laughs> I was so miffed at how much fucking math that class was, and then I was like, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Yeah? Yeah. You thought it was just going to be like... Not math. Planets are cool, okay? Yeah, exactly. Did you guys get to go to like the... Observatory. Observatory? Did it twice. I've actually kind of wanted to like go to that just for funsies kind of thing. Saw Saturn. Pretty life-changing. Yeah. Was it like a good, like it's pretty decent. Pretty, pretty the, decent. The picture you can see of it is pretty, yeah. or picture of the through a telescope, like yeah. it's pretty impressive. It was pretty impressive. You could see like the fucking craters on the moon. Wow. You could see. I my mom actually went in, took a like a, a astronomy course at the Space and Science Center mm-hmm. when I was like a little little kid. It was like sort of a night classy sort of thing, and I remember her telling me that when the one night where they used the telescope to look at Saturn, mm-hmm. um she would have sworn it was like they had a telescope and they put a sticker at the end of it that yeah. looked like Saturn. Cause it's, it's so like vivid and like kind of cartoony almost. It's insane. Yeah. And how do you know where to point? You know, like, <laughs> it's like there's a big yeah. fucking sky out there and I'm going to point right at Saturn. Yeah. How? Yeah. Yeah. How? Well, I mean, obviously it's Smash. easy now, but Math. yeah. How do you figure that out? Mm-hmm. Or even like, well, they were showing the fucking, so, one thing I never thought about, because I've been to the LBJ Space Center in Houston, right? Mm. And they were talking, this is where I first kind of heard about it, but I never thought about it. But Or maybe in like some Neil deGrasse videos they talk about it. But sure. the physics of a rocket launch is like, it's not something flat going straight up like this. It's the curvature of the Earth. You have to time w- how the Earth is orbiting, where the moon is or whatever. Launch at the right time, right? Like it's fucking wild. Yeah, when you actually go to the moon, they do a full... Well, they do. They orbit the Earth because mm-hmm. they're in low Earth, low Earth orbit, and then they actually have to fire at the correct time mm-hmm. to put it on a trajectory yeah. to intercept the Moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty crazy, but it also once you start to realize the real physics of it, any kind of like space travel in any movie or whatever, it it's very like linear xy axis yeah. sort of no, no, visualization no, no. Yeah. and it's like it's not you're, even you're sending close. it you're you're not sending it like this you're sending it like that you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you have to get it going so fast yeah. that it can't come down towards the mm-hmm. earth like it essentially has to circle oh yeah it. it's, it's, it's fucking bonkers yeah it's pretty wild and to catch up with the fucking international space station and dock with it yeah how did we like do it's that? literally like it's like it's like a dude perfect video yeah. of like you flying a drone by me, me throwing something in the air, bouncing it off something, landing on the drone, you know, some shit like that. Like just so, and so they ridiculous. they can do it every single time. Yeah. And they fucking cheer every single time they're successful. And I mean, I don't blame you. Well, because it's so much work for I months and months. I don't blame you. So, yeah. yeah. Bonkers. Got my NASA jacket ready Shut to go. Up. 
I'm going in. Shout out Werner von, von Braun. <laughs> Nazi fucking scientist that started NASA. Yeah. Which is also crazy to think about. But Yeah, that's a really... That's another rabbit hole. There you go. Rabbit hole episode. Operation Paperclip. Is that what it was called? Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I just know that uh, they operation brought... or project, yeah. Is, but paperclip was yeah. the name of it. I just um, know that they brought a bunch of Nazis over and started building rockets. So, um, <clears throat> so one thing I learned, and then I learned further to it. So, in like, in like the early, uh, or in you know, about a hundred years ago or so, mm-hmm. and then plus or minus a few years, like fencing was really popular. Okay, and fencing was always a thing in Europe because you know if a guy slighted you or made a pass at yeah. your woman you would fence with him in bring the back dueling also between <laughs> yeah. two consenting adults i don't see why you can't duel i'm sorry <laughs> you can fucking I mean, get into a cage with somebody how can you not duel i guess hey right so did you know that's why uh passing people on the left is the original way of doing things hmm. we'll come back to that so okay. anyways so fencing was really popular uh like a hundred years ago or whatever but mm-hmm. uh so, but then what a lot of guys, what guys would do to show their macho-ness was they would fence without masks or whatever. Okay. And so they would like cut themselves on their faces. And this was actually really popular with the elites of the Nazi party. Um, so a lot of the high, high up Nazis would, uh, and, and my understanding is by this time it was kind of a niche sport and like a weird thing sure. they did. Yeah. But it was on its way out. Yeah. The, their like fight club was they okay. would fence with each other with no masks and then so you would get cuts on your face, but they were kind of like badges of honor. They like sure. wouldn't get wouldn't get stitches or okay. get minimal stitches, so it would scar more. So a lot of the really higher ups of the Nazi party uh, had fa- severe facial scarring. So when you look at the first launches, like a lot of the German NASA guys sitting besides JFK have the fucking wildest scars all over their face. Shit. And basically that shows they were like, the worst of the worst <laughs> of the Nazis. Like, they were the high, high up there, guys. But they were smart. They can yeah. launch big things yeah. of metal into the air. Yeah. Sorry, past, things, past people on the left? Oh, so, because, you know, like, my, my old roommate who was Aussie and stuff, so yeah. we would kind of debate passing on the left versus passing on the right. And, like... Oh. Yeah. Like, when you're driving. Yeah, exactly. And okay. why... What the etiquette is on the street and stuff. So... Okay. So, passing on the left, which they do in England, Australia, and some random other parts of the world is actually the original way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Do we not pass on the left? We pass on the right. No. We drive on the right side of the road. Passing when you come e- or oh, walking at each other. That's what I mean. Okay. I thought That's you meant I like mean. passing when you're driving on the highway. No, 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 no. I mean like, yeah. I was like, I mean like this motherfucker passes on the right on the highway. Fuck this guy. <laughs> no, I was kidding. Like driving the dick. No. Yeah. So what I mean when I say pass on the right, I mean walking down the street sure. towards each other. Ah, you same Most thing like when right. you're walking down the hallway. Exactly. That's gotcha. what I'm saying. Okay. Walking down the hallway. There right? you go. Okay. So passing people on the left or ha- walking on the left side of things is the original way because you would carry a rapier around all the time and most people are right-handed, so you would draw this way. So you would always have everyone on your like sword hand side. Yeah. Right? So uh, everyone would pass on the left, walk on the left-hand side. Um, and then, so that translated into... Um, like horse and buggy on roads. If yeah. you were coming at each other, you would go both go to the left lane, if you will, or you gotcha. would drive on the left-hand side of the road. But what would happen is because people were, most people are right-handed, you wouldn't usually sit in the middle of your bu- buggy. You would sit to the left because you can have a longer rope on the right-hand side because this is your good hand. Okay. But then when two people are both driving on the left-hand side, in the left-hand driver's seat, you're really far apart from each other. Right. So they would have uh, horse and buggy collisions because you can't really see the right side of your car where you're passing each other. Nice. So they started driving on the right-hand side of the road, heavy quotation marks, and that's how we evolved into the North American uh, driving on the right. Shit. I do know that's why we leave the bottom button of the suit undone. Yes. It's because you're supposed to be able to draw a sword. Mm-hmm. Fuck, bring swords back. Bring dueling back. Bring dueling back. Bring all the best parts of the <laughs> fucking 1400s back. <laughs> bring corsets back. Philosophy. I love that fucking meme I sent you guys today. Oh, yeah, that one. That was amazing. <laughs> corsets. Isn't that a thing now with the uh, 
those waist trainers or whatever. Fucking everything old is new again, man. <laughs> everything old again. Is new. there original thought? <laughs> no, there isn't. There's just essentially, honestly, is um, principles Ray Dalio. He talks about another one of those, and it's like when you start seeing things as another one of those, you'll understand things have happened before, and essentially just history repeats itself just continuously because hmm. people are people don't learn lessons. Virgin modern philosopher, never read Aristotle, naive empiricist, tepid normalist, fights against dark age superstition, science. So what would even be like a, like an example of that? That would be somebody that essentially like a believes only in science, doesn't care about truth, just engineering a comfy life. <laughs> I think it's almost like, you know, like how people are so nihilistic. Maybe that's the best. That's thing. like a self-loathing, right? Yeah. Or like. Not not necessarily. More so like, you know, like black-pilled. Where it's like everything is fucking oh, pointless. Oh, everything's pointless. Yeah. Right, 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 Essentially, right, I think right. that this is like. Oh, yeah. Basically, the belief that life is kind of meaningless. I think you're a virgin modern philosopher because I think we said in this conversation, thinks logic is a social construct. Why is that? Yeah. Uh, fuck. Hilarious. Only reads works written before 1500. I do think that that's, the, there is definitely merit to that because I think like, again, mm -hmm. like we said, everything old is new again. Yeah. If something actually has truth to it, it should be able to stand the test of time. For sure. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> I actually started listening to uh, Philosophize This. Great podcast. I'm at like the very start. So, yeah. I don't know. I'll maybe work my way through it. Starts off kind of slow, but it, no, it's, it's very good. Mm -hmm. It's very well done. It's also kind of like um, hardcore history. Oh, okay. I've, Dan I Carlin. know what that is. I haven't really listened to that. He goes into some interesting shit, too. Like, he goes, he covers everything from like the Cold War to the Mongols to. Mm -hmm. That'd be good. Oh, yeah. Super good. Hmm. We're at an hour 10. Oh, perfect. Shit. That was a deep episode, man. That was good. That was fun. Um, all right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, long and hardettes. Uh, we will uh, see you next week. Uh, should have some good guests coming up the next few weeks here. So get back into the swing of things. Thanks for listening to us and expanding your mind today because holy smokes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make every single post about this you gotta be like people who listen to this have to be stoned <laughs> they have to be honestly yeah like, anyway or or actually to fully experience the podcast if you have never thought these thoughts before listen to it stoned and let your and then mm. explore those thoughts I suppose mm. thank you so much mm.